3: could just
2: being me. Amy Winehouse, back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson, rated R. Under 17, 90 minute without parent, only in theaters, May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life
4: Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, happy Monday to you all, and what a wild week last week was. So who the hell knows what this week has in store for us. But I do want to start out with the news that broke at the end of last week, on Friday, as a matter of fact, after I had already posted the Fuck It Friday, which is that Twitter... Elon Musk has announced a new CEO uh, and her name is Linda Yaccarino. Linda Yaccarino is a longtime uh, ad sales executive, uh, top ad sales executive at NBC Universal. uh, And she is making the transition to Twitter. God only knows why. I can only assume that the money was too hard to turn down because why anyone, particularly a woman, you know, I don't know anything about Yacarino's background, and I'm sure we will learn more and there will be profiles and stories and we will, you know, learn more about her ideology and whether or not she's going to have actual full control over what Twitter is doing while Elon Musk says that he's going to concentrate on new product uh, and the engineering side of things. Um, So, you know, what I find really interesting about this, though, is that any time there is disaster at a organization. And I've seen this in my own work, Uh, whether it's an organization or a Fortune 500 company or what have you, anytime there is disaster, that's when they decide to bring in someone who is not a straight white man. And it is absolutely wild. I've seen this happen in from LGBTQ organizations to, to Fortune 500 companies. And it's like, for whatever reason, women and black people and people of color seem to be the fucking janitors uh, for white men. And they go in, they fuck up companies, they fuck up organizations, they bring everything down to, you know, down to the studs. And then these people, right? Um, the non traditional quote unquote CEOs come in. And if they don't turn things around in six months, then they're a failure. And then the board and the shareholders get to say to themselves, well, that's why we need a white man again. It's just so fucking nauseating. And I hope that this is not the cycle that we see here. And again, I don't know anything currently about Linda Yaccarino, but, you know, I'm certain by midweek we will have more details about her, her background uh, and when she's going to start and what she's going to do. Is she going to? continue with the tanking of the app with having a barrage of white supremacist anti-semites homophobes transphobes flooded into the space or is she going to get a hold of things so that advertisers actually want to come back because it is returned to being the world's town square so that will you know we will see what happens there um Next up, I got to tell you, I interviewed the uh, Vivek Ramaswamy for uh, my other podcast, The New Abnormal, with The Daily Beast. And I did not like that man then. <laughs> and I sure as hell do not like any of the hot shit that he's been saying. So f- reportedly, his interview with Don Lemon is the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of the firing for Don Lemon, that it wasn't just Uh, the misogyny and, you know, his treatment of staff that it was the very heated interview, which I thought if you want to, you know, rate things, I thought that Don Lemon's interview with Vivek Ramaswamy was the best Don Lemon interview I've ever seen. Um, And so it's laughable that that would be the straw that broke the camel's back. But we know that CNN under Chris Licht, has become a Republican apologist, a white supremacist, you know, ideology um, just spreader, right? Like they're that's what they're interested in. Uh, They're interested in the spreading of lies and making sure that Republicans feel comfortable on their network sharing those lies. Um, But Vivek uh, recently has been making news Not for anything good, um, because what Republican does make news for anything good these days. But he is making news because this fool wants to raise the voting age to 25. Right. Because as we know, the Republican Party is at odds with Generation Z because Generation Z is inheriting all of their parents and grandparents bullshit. Uh, their grandparents and their parents negligence as it has come to uh, reform on issues like policing, like the environment, like gun control, which they have grown up with being on the front lines of. And so when you see the pushback in states like Tennessee, uh, where they tried to um, expel three members of the Tennessee legislature and that showed a just burst of protests uh, that finally had those members reinstated and voted back in. Then you saw uh, another swath of protests that happened in Ohio, again, led by Generation Z. And you're seeing this, you're seeing school walkouts, you're in Florida, you're seeing a lot of energy. And unfortunately, all of it is not being covered by mainstream media because, you know, why show people fighting back Against this fascist, authoritarian, white nationalist takeover of this country. Nonetheless, you know, the VEC is not alone in his thinking. There are other GOP officials that are trying to upend voting on college campuses because God forbid you make it easy to vote. Um, God forbid, young people be able to use their student ID. Now, you can use your student ID, by the way, to buy an AR-15 in these places, but they don't want you to be able to use your student ID to be able to vote. So that just tells you where their priorities are. So the idea that you would come out of your mouth, and this man is only, I believe, you know, he's not that old. He's not in his 20s. Um, He's definitely probably on the older side of the millennials. But to come out and say that, you need we should raise the voting age from 18, which I believe that we should be lowering the voting age because it is those 16 year olds. And I think that we should lower it to 16. I think that if you're able to get a permit and drive a car. Right. Um, and work. Right. Because they're trying to roll back trial labor laws uh, so that it, you used to have to be 16 to get a work permit. So if you can work and drive a car, then you should also be able to fucking vote. Right. Um, But they don't want high schoolers having to having the ability to vote Um, because they would be a lot more liberal minded. And now you would actually be beholden to people, young people whose lives you're putting at risk every single day by sending them to school and school shootings happening all the time. And you choosing to do nothing about it. Right. You would have to look at them as your constituents and actually Answer their questions about why you're not doing anything to prevent climate change, and why you're why you're not looking into renewables, and why you're not talking the talk and walking the walk, right? So the idea that Vivek, as well as other GOP members, um, would love to raise the voting age and then make it contingent upon military service, um, isn't what a democracy looks like, and is absolute bullshit. How about you create policies that entice and engage? the gen- generation Z and gen alpha that is going to be coming behind them instead of eliminating their voice and their vote maybe think about what is actually best for the country and isn't just what's best for you and your donors just an idea um and then you know finally uh before we head into our interview with our friend uh Jen Tob. Um, who is the 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 expert on all things white collar crime? Um, e. Jean Carroll was once again in in the Trump town hall that has gotten all the worst coverage. Right, I don't care. People say you know bad press is good press. It really isn't. Um, uh, it really is not. And the way that Anderson Cooper found himself the following day after the CNN town hall direct to camera, uh, exclaiming and admonishing, not even exclaiming, admonishing the audience for daring to have pushback um, and be really disappointed and want to boycott CNN. Moving forward because of their decision to have Donald Trump on, not do any real time fact checking, not push back at all, and just essentially give him a platform for 90 minutes to air out his conspiracy theories, his hatred and his lies. Um, and then Anderson Cooper has the audacity to tell us that, like, whether or not we want to see Donald Trump, Donald Trump exists, so we should put it, couch him in a situation where you know, there is pushback and blah, blah. And I'm like, so basically, Don Lemon, uh, basically, excuse me, that was a slip. Basically, Anderson Cooper, Um, if the CNN town hall was such a success, you wouldn't have had to use your opening monologue the following day to give your own mini town hall to berate the audience for choosing not to provide your network with the ratings that it wanted. Now, the ratings came in well above Fox and MSNBC in that time slot, but it wasn't at all as high as they were hoping. And it wasn't at all matching numbers back in 2016 when Donald Trump actually had some play and people didn't really know who he was uh, as a politician, right? So they were tuning in. And now, I think that most people tuned in to that CNN uh, town hall one to see what he was going to say about being found liable the day before for sexual abuse and defamation, um, which he just continued to defame Eugene Carroll and E. Jean Carroll has um, kind of said potentially that she may be looking to sue him for an, a fourth time. Because he continues to defame her and CNN gave him a platform to do it. And all the lawyers would have to show is that clip and of the audience laughing and of again, CNN providing no pushback, no nothing. So I think that if E. Jean Carroll actually does decide and God bless her if she does decide to, su- to sue Donald Trump again, she needs to throw CNN in that lawsuit as well, because what they did was indefensible. I don't give a fuck what Anderson Cooper says, because anyone who isn't getting a check from CNN has said the same exact thing. All right, friends, coming up next, my interview and conversation with our friend Jennifer Taub Folks, you know that I'm always excited when I get to bring my friend Jennifer Taub, author, law professor, author of the book Big Dirty Money and Other People's Houses and host of the Politicon podcast booked up with Jen Taub onto to Woke AF Daily. It is always a treat and it is particularly a treat because, Jen, I actually want to start with good news. <laughs> like for once, I want to start with good news and the good news being that um, E. Jean Carroll... A friend of yours, uh, a woman that I continue to applaud for her bravery, her persistence, her courage. Um, Her case was finally decided. She finally got her day in court. Um, And frankly, as the representative uh, for 26 other women, 25 other women that uh, would have accused Donald Trump of either sexual harassment or sexual assault. found in this civil case that, um, Donald Trump was liable for sexual abuse, for defamation, um, and other charges. So first, um, before we dig into what that all means, I want to get your initial reaction.
5: You know, I, given that we're several, mm-hmm. several days after the verdict, my reaction keeps shifting, right? So immediately I was stunned that it came back so fast that they were able to come up with a damages amount when they hadn't been instructed on one. And even though I was exceedingly happy for Eugene, all of a sudden, I just felt so much grief and anxiety because I think I'd been holding all of that in even when I was at the trial and just that she had to live through all of it. Like I was in my fighting mode. You know, I was in my like, okay, just do, do, do. And then I just felt so sad and so anxious, but then I woke up the you know the next day and was just so thrilled. But at the same time, at the same time, um, I already understood, even an hour after the verdict, um, that the Trump town hall would be coming up the following day. Mm-hmm and that he was going to trash her in public again. And in fact, um, I I sometimes write for the Washington Monthly and my editor there sometimes just interviews me um, instead of having me write something because I'm busy. And he interviewed me after the verdict and I in fact did say that. I said, you know, I'm I'm quite worried about it. And yet some people's response is like, okay. Uh, And by the way, now that we're past the town hall, we know that he not only redefamed her said the same lies before that claiming he wasn't there and said bad things about her. He also enlisted the crowd to mock and laugh at her. And it just made me feel so sick. Um, and you know, there are some folks who look at that and say, okay, well then she can bring another case. And that was my whole reaction to the Washington monthly. Like is when does this end? When does this end? Um, we know that she has that other case to move forward. Um, but the only thing that I guess my other reaction is, you know, I'm half human, half lawyer, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because my zodiac sign is Sagittarius. So I guess that makes sense. Um, but I'm half human, half lawyer. So like I'm toggling between sort of my human reactions and then my brain starts acting and saying, oh, well, he's going to have to post a bond. And, you know, so like and then there's a lot there's a lot of legal doctrines that get involved. So like half of me, again, is Thrilled for her and just grieving the process and so sickened that CNN gave him a platform for his defamation and his lies and his repeating insurrectionist language and everything. Um, It all gets tied together, right? And then um, this other part of me is pure strategy, thinking legal strategy and also thinking political strategy about what we need to do next. That was a long-winded answer.
4: No, it's, I mean, there's a lot going on and I think that it's important um, to give breath and depth to her case and this issue. And, you know, I will say that for me, when the verdict, I was holding my breath, right? Like as many people were, because, you know, ultimately in these types of cases, it really does amount to a he said, she said. And frankly, Donald Trump said way too fucking much uh, that convinced the jury um, that, yeah, this is a pattern of behavior. This is who this man is in his, you know, deposition Uh, for millions of years. Stars have been able to do this. Well, do you see yourself as a star? Yes, I do, right? And just, you know, there was a time following the Access Hollywood tapes where there was a distance that that was created and said, you know, this was locker room talk, this is not real behavior. Over the course, since 2016 to now, That Donald Trump has evolved and has been like, oh, no, this isn't locker room talk. This is this is allowed. This is who I am. He has doubled and tripled down on this. And you saw that in the deposition. And obviously the jury of his peers also saw that. And, you know, I have to say that if you feel wrongly accused, I would think that one would show up in court, take the stand and be heard from directly. And not be golfing on a on a course in Scotland, right, that you would be there and say, I am being defamed. I my name is being dragged through the mud. But Donald Trump didn't bother to do that. I wanted to get your thoughts, too, on. Tacopino, uh, The lawyer uh, for for Donald Trump and the way that he went after Eugene Carroll. And then what she said most recently in the interview on Morning Joe, where she said very graciously that this guy is likable, right? That he, you know, he has charisma. He has all of these things. Um, but that she looked at him dead in his eye and said, you know, he did it. So what do you make of the way that he tried to defame her again on the stand and then her response to kind of his demeanor uh, after the verdict.
5: Yeah. And I'm going to answer that. But since you mentioned uh, his lawyer, Joe Takapina, um, because I watched the CNN town hall, I can tell you that um, and maybe you heard this reporting, Caitlin Collins asked Donald Trump, well, then why didn't you come testify? Kind of like what you're saying, Danielle. And he said, oh, well, his lawyers came to him and said, sir, you know, whenever he does a sir, you know, this is a load of Bullshit. shit, yeah. right? So he goes, sir, uh, you shouldn't go because it's just a made up story. Um, No. Okay. So what does, you know, Joe, so what does that mean about being a lawyer? Like Joe Takapina, is he, should he go out in public and say, I never told my client that ethically he, you can't, um, if a client lies in public about you, you're not obligated to correct it. And in fact, it would hurt the client if you did. If a client's going to lie, you have to resign. So that's, I think the reason why Trump actually didn't testify, even though, you know, he he was claiming, well, I can't. and And then the judge kept extending, extending. I think he didn't testify because Joe said to him, and he said this, I will quit if he does, because he will not, you're not, if you know the truth of what your client did, you know the real story and you think that they're going to lie on the stand, you can't you can't represent someone in that instance. And maybe he just didn't want him. So so that but that's what I think went on there. In terms of the lawyer and his demeanor, um, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're likable or not, you know, he behaved like a thug yep. in the courtroom. Yep. And this is why I will not take on a rape defense. Mm. Let I mean, let me just be really clear. I take being a lawyer really seriously. And if you are gonna defend a client You have to defend them um, aggressively within the bounds of what the law allows. And this is a guy who has chosen to represent some of the most awful people in the world. Like he represented um, that guy who killed Natalie Hallwell, right? He's Mm. represented some of the worst people in the world. And I do think some of the worst people or people who've done some of the worst things need a defense though, right? So I'm torn a little bit, right? about not the way he treated Eugene, but about the fact that it's great that we can all say he did a really good job for his client, because that means Donald Trump got a fair trial. And he threw everything at Eugene. And it was, you know, he got sanctioned by the judge quite a bit because at least when I was in the courtroom, what he was doing was often go back to the same thing over and over again to try to be repetitive. In part, yeah, it can be a tactic to bore the jury, but it can be like insidious. Like, why are you suggesting there's something more? Why are you keep asking her this question? And the judge shut that shut that stuff down. Um, I, uh, you know, what what he did, I mean, it made me sick. Like what what he was yeah. doing on yeah. on cross, but what he said the other morning when I saw what you're talking about the other day with Eugene, um, I'm trying to remember. Like he went around to shake everyone's hand after the case, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when he when he reached out his hand to Eugene, she didn't. She didn't shake it. She looked at him at first and said, Joe, he did it and you know it. And you know it. Yep. Yep. I mean, in that he didn't, of course, He's what is he going to do? He can't say that he, you know, and I don't know if Donald Trump actually told him he did it or not. Remember, Joe, mean, joined, like the Joe joined is- the case. Joe joined the case after, what's her name? Alina Haba screwed up at that deposition or didn't prep him for the deposition or what have you.
0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Focus
2: Features presents Back to Black.
1: I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles.
2: Experience the music and her story.
1: Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl.
2: Like never before.
1: That's my daughter. That's my Amy.
2: On the big screen.
4: I mean, the reality is, is that like, yeah, we all know Donald Trump did it. Right. Yeah. And 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 Takapino, you know, he's not an idiot. I may not like him. Right. Um, And and what he represents and what he does and how he does it. But like, he's not dumb. I don't think that he's sitting around thinking to himself, oh, no, Donald Trump's a really good guy. You work for him. You know exactly who the fuck he is. Right. And exactly how he handles people. And just, you know, just recently you have. Uh, uh uh Alyssa Farah Griffin uh comes out um and and repeats the fact that during his administration she experienced sexual harassment and watched Donald Trump president of the United States sexually harass uh other women not to the extent she says of what happened uh not an assault to the extent uh of what happened with E. Jean Carroll, but what she said was you know, indefensible and brought. The- so, you
5: know, that this is a pattern of, course. you know, of behavior. His hot um, mode is dominating everybody, everybody. And the way you dominate women is in a particularly sexualized way. That's the most insulting way to dominate women. And he dominates men and he insults. And so there's, there's no reason. Of course, he's, you know, of course, he's a rapist. I mean, we know that. Or a sexual abuser. He's right? a predator. Um right. So, you know, I, I want to switch
4: gears um, to talk about the other case um, that we now have in front of us. Uh, George Santos, the untalented Mr. Ripley. <laughs> Jen is holding up all of these papers with the list of the 13 felony charges that the Department of Justice um, has brought against George Santos. So. Jen this is your bread and butter <laughs> this is the white collar grip um so tell us about these 13 <laughs> felony charges uh against the
5: untalented Mr. Ripley George Santos um yeah my bread and butter you know people do say <laughs> when they hear about white collar crime they think of me um you know, it's interesting. It's interesting work because it's sort of more complicated. I like the yeah. complex, you know, the complex, uh, uh, talented or untalented grift, um, of the elite is my specialty. So, um, even though there are 13 counts, there are not that many statutes involved, right? So the laws that he, he broke, um, in this case, um, you know, involved, you know, fraud like a federal fraud we call it wire fraud because he used the um the phone um, or the internet it's also um the other charge is um and those wire fraud by the way there's several different counts of that one was this uh political campaign contribution fraud where he was he had someone he was working with who i think flipped like an individual one type person who he was working with someone and he said hey i've set up this 501c4, which is the you know reference to the tax code, which is what you, the structure you need to use for like these political, uh, for PACs, for example. Mm-hmm. And he claimed that he'd registered this corporation and he was using it to um, get do- a donor to the campaign. I'm sorry, I should say, let me be careful. Uh, he, he was soliciting contributions to what he claimed was a super PAC. And thanks to Citizens United, this isn't so simple anymore. See, under the law today, still, there are outright limits. And I think it's like $2,700. I might have the amount wrong. How much you could actually give to a candidate or a campaign mm-hmm. during an election cycle. Whatever the number is, it's like under $3,000. So it's limited. However, there's a giant loophole you can drive a truck through. And that is these creating these, these um, so-called super PACs, which is a political action committee dedicated to just one candidate. And those political action committees can not only receive unlimited funds, but an indiv- but a, a donor can give unlimited amounts of money to a political action committee. So it really does. And, and the key thing, though, is that political action committee can't coordinate with the candidate. It's supposed to be like separate and apart. And the thinking because of Citizens United in a subsequent case was if you, and Danielle, could spend unlimited money putting up independent ads saying, I love George Santos, vote for him. There's no reason why you and I couldn't get together with all of our friends and set up a corporation. We shouldn't be deprived of joining our money together and independently say we love George Santos. But the independent thing is key. The other key thing is that it's actually um, this pack is um, has to be separate, has to be registered properly. Okay, right. But this PAC, so that you had this this other guy who was soliciting campaign funds for George Santos, and George Santos was having that money put into a corporation, but the corporation wasn't a five hundred one c four. That corporation, he was Santos is was somehow like a main owner of that corporation, and not so. Not only was it a campaign finance violation because this guy gave above the limit, because it was essentially just giving money to Santos, but um, the other, the other, or to the campaign, the other problem is he was skimming money, so it was fraud because the guy who was giving all this money, you know, Santos was using it to pay his bills, to buy fancy clothes, you know, to support the lifestyle to which this grifter has become a custom. So that's that's part of it. Um So yeah, I love this part. Use the funds to make personal purchases, including of designer clothing. I really need to see the designer clothing because I don't really think his dressing. dressing <laughs> that's
4: what, I'm just oh so odd. Somebody uh, else said that too. And I was <laughs> just like, what? I'm like this five layered shirt look that he does. And <laughs> it's like,
5: give me a- Rick, you know what? Those are for his designer drag. Yeah, right. Maybe. That's maybe that's where maybe a hundred percent. I'm going to bring it to the clothing always. OK, anyway, in and, and cash to pay off some of his debts and to transfer money to people he knew. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the schemes. OK. One of the other schemes was an unemployment fraud scheme. So this is again, We're still in the wire fraud part. Yeah. And, and by the way, the political contribution campaign scheme was several counts. of You know, because there's several bad things he did there um, or acts of the offense. Another thing was his um, his uh, unemployment insurance fraud scheme. So during covid, um, there was like special legislation to provide additional funding for out of work Americans during the pandemic. And so he applied for that, but he was actually fully employed at the time. And so he, you know, grifted in that way. Um, the other thing he did uh, was a kind of money laundering type violation involving um moving some of this money around like money that you get from illicit um from illicit purposes uh, illicit illicit activities like the wire fraud we were just talking Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. so moving that money around the campaign so supposed campaign money or moving any money around maybe even the unemployment funds that gets into money laundering stuff okay then there's also the other part was um this thing called false statements um and this is you know you Uh, Members of Congress have to file an annual financial report disclosure statement, and he did that in 2020 um, and in 2022. Um, I think I'm not sure. Oh, sorry, he did that in 20. Yeah, in 2020. um, I'm trying to see which. Does that make sense? Was he? Did he get into office? He only got into office in 2022. 2022. So I'm wondering why. Um maybe it's because he ran for office. For I was gonna say, like he, was he yeah. Yeah, he did run before. But anyway, he made these false statements, right, candidates had to. And so there were false statements about um his salary. Uh he left some things out, he didn't um accurately portray some of this. Um, and so um so that's what that's what's going on. I mean, um get convicted it's-
4: Yeah, sorry. No, tell me if if can because that was going to be my question, and then I wanted to say. Yeah, I mean, if convicted, but if convicted, what does this look like?
5: Well, you know, the way they added it up um, in in the press release, the DOJ said if convicted, he faces a maximum penalty of 20 years in prison for the top counts. Um, I'm not. I mean, that's true, but it could be for each of the some of those top counts because. But that's on paper, right? That's not the sentence guidelines, by the way. So that's not. But um, I mean, just the fact. And by the way, 20 each. So this could add up to, you know, hundreds of years, but it would never be that. It would never never be be that. But I mean. Right. The higher five years, right, is what I'm thinking. The idea
4: that, one, Kevin McCarthy says, oh, he's innocent until proven guilty because he needs his vote. Um, And then I say, oh, innocent until proven guilty. So Donald Trump was found liable of sexual abuse, but you're still supporting him. So even that line of bullshit uh, doesn't match up. And you know what gets me, Jen, about all of this is that I think that the forefathers, you know, who are always looked at as being such geniuses in creating this idea of democracy, this democratic project. And yet, you can hide. There is no law on the books that says if you are indicted, if you are found guilty, that you, that you lose well your position.
5: They can, you know, there is a process where the House can expel a member. They can vote to do that. They don't need both chambers. It's not like impeachment. There can be a vote, and I think it's like a I think it's a supermajority of those present. I think it's it might be two-thirds of those present. I'd have to look the expulsion thing up. They could do that. In fact, there is a committee to investigate things other than Hunter Biden's yeah, laptop. I mean, it, it was so, called
4: the Ethics Committee, but now it's like the Committee to Weaponize Government. But uh, it should be a good use
5: of that committee. I mean, they have he has you know resigned from his committee shortly after he was appointed to them in January. You know, they really could have a hearing and they could expel him. I know the Democrats would vote too. Of course they would, but and no Republicans him. would because it would, because once again, you don't um, think, no, I think they might have a, well, who knows? I, I don't want think it. So of course they will. Cause they want every single vote. They, they need that. Yeah. He has a
4: five vote majority. You lose Santos, you run a special election that Democrat wins in Nassau County. And so now you have a
5: four seat, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you know how we know that, there's not even one Republican, and I know that because one Republican could could use the wedge of trying to unseat McCarthy from his speaker seat if they didn't like what he was doing with Santos, right? I mean, there, I people mean, could speak out. People could speak out, but this Republican Party has
4: shown themselves to be mute on anything that has to do with, you know,
5: law, order, morality, decency, values. Um, even Duncan Hunter stepped down. Uh, he was the guy who was who was skimming campaign funds for all kinds of things, vacations for his alleged mistress to fly the bunny rabbit in its own seat on the airplane. These things, and he eventually he stayed for a while. I think after the indictment, I can't remember when he. I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure exactly between accusation and indictment and his resignation. But at some point, he did plead guilty. But remember, he never served his time because Donald Trump pardoned him. I mean, Santos, the you best know. People. Santos is probably waiting for his pardon, you know.
4: Yeah, well, we're going to ensure that in 2024, he doesn't get one. Um, Jen, thank you so much uh, for the breakdown here. And we will have to have you back uh, when uh, Santos goes back to court on June 30th uh, and see where we land there. Because this is I mean, everyone's going to watch this because at some point this will be a movie, a documentary Uh,
5: or something because it's just well he already won an academy award you know for his several appearances so I mean that and a Pulitzer and he's also a basketball star he's also landed on the moon so there's that he's kind of incredible when you think about it they should like lay off the charges given his accomplishments amazing and the Nobel Peace Prize
4: (laughs) Jen thank you so much for making the time for Woke AF we always appreciate you thank you That is it for me today on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck.
0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit
3: TomboyX.com to shop.